Why is it that some people seem to achieve great success and others of us, well, we make the plans, we set the goals, but don't get to where we really want to be? That's what this podcast is about. How to get organised and achieve personal success. No one can define success for you. You need to own it. This is something that I truly believe. To be successful, you have to own it, and that means you have to define it. When you take ownership of something, an item, an idea, or a goal, you are more committed to it. This is called the endowment effect in psychology. It happens when you take ownership of something so it can become integrated into your sense of identity. A clear idea of what you want to gain and what you want to move away from are powerful motivators. Many of you reading this will no doubt have set your fair share of objectives, dreamed your fair share of dreams, created a number of shifting goals and shot at a number of targets. You may, of course, have celebrated great success and now be creating different futures. As Brian Tracy says, Successful people are always looking for opportunities to help others. Unsuccessful people are always asking, what's in it for me? There's a probability, however, that your dreams have faded, your goals have evaporated and your targets remained unreached. Now, In terms of yearly goals and targets, a study by the University of Scranton in 2013 showed that only 8% of people who set New Year's targets achieve them. 8%. That means 92% of people never achieve the targets they set. And what was more interesting in that study was people lost sight of their targets within two weeks of setting them. Now, of course, these are New Year's goals and we can get swept up with the spirit of the occasion and set goals that are either unrealistic or based on something we only think we want. However, it could also be that the people who set these goals have subscribed to a set of strategies that are not effective for them, or that they've been sidetracked by some guru rhetoric that is less than, shall we say, reliable. There are several motivational and success gurus out there who base their offerings on so-called scientific proof. Now, the word proof in science should be an immediate red flag. However, Serious doubt can be cast on the validity of some of the research quoted by the self-help movement, much of which is anecdotal and unreferenced. The famous 1953 Yale study about people writing down their goals and, and their success improved is probably a hoax. Yale University said no such study existed, and yet it consistently is quoted by the self-help gurus. So too the 1973 Harvard MBA study, which said the same thing. There are very few records of that study other than quotes within quotes within quotes of other people saying it. 
and not seeing the papers. The Just Think It Brigade, and in that area I would include those who practice cosmic ordering to leverage the law of attraction without the need for personal responsibility, are perhaps more to blame than most for this promotion of misreference or invented research. As I explored in my book, The Secret to Your Future History, there is no need to invent research to make a point about setting targets or goals because it's already there. So, in terms of getting organised for success, here are some thoughts. They're based not only on research that I discovered in my book, but from my own practices and sharings with coaching clients. Let's talk of three key steps. Clear mind, clear thinking, clear goals. Clear mind means you have the tools to stay focused. Clear thinking means you have the tools to organise your thoughts. And clear goals means you have clear, challenging and relevant descriptions of success. So, let's look at clear mind first. Now, this is all about personal organisation. As Brian Tracy says, almost all stress, tension, anxiety and frustration, both in life and work, come from doing one thing while you believe and value something completely different. I could write a lot here about mindfulness practice. However, creating a daily routine that helps you bring your focus into what needs to be done is an essential step to personal organisation. Our minds naturally wander, and so it becomes easy for our focus to drift. If we start each day by reminding ourselves of why we are doing what we are doing, and why we are doing what we need to do, we create intention. Setting or undertaking tasks that do not move us towards our future history is in effect self-sabotage. We are less likely to prevaricate when we have a real sense of why we are doing what we are doing. In fact, in positive psychology it was reported that studies have shown that when we train our mind to think about what we want in life and work towards reaching it, the brain automatically rewires to acquire the ideal self-image and makes it an essential part of our identity. If we achieve the goal, we achieve fulfilment. And if we don't, our brain keeps nudging us until we achieve it. So putting our mind to it, having a growth mindset, is part of the challenge. That only happens when we start to clearly think about what we want and how we're going to achieve it. So make a plan. Ensure your goals and plans are challenging, worthwhile, written and shared. There is often the resistance to taking time to write goals. If they're not written, they can't be shared. And if they can't be shared, you cannot be held accountable. Now, one of the potential blocks you may have to the idea of targets and goals comes from the world of work, where they are the things that are done to us. Remember, I'm talking about the goals that you set for yourself. Now, consider the following questions carefully when turning a dream into a goal. What is it you want to achieve? How will you know when you've achieved it? What will be the benefits of achieving it? How important is it for you to achieve it? And what will be the benefits and the risks of achieving it? That's from the perspective of when you've achieved it. These questions will help you create a description of what you are defining as part of your success story. Now, your goals can be short-term, medium-term or long-term, big or small. 
they just need to be described and owned by you. Dr. Gail Matthews is a clinical psychologist from the, from the Dominican University and she published an actual, not imaginary paper, showing that when people do commit to their goals, there is a higher degree of success. And what was also noticed was the more challenging these goals are, be they long or short term, the more emotionally engaging they will be. Other researchers have shown that in 90% of the cases they studied, challenging goals were more effective than setting simpler goals. Think back to Kennedy's rationale for the Apollo missions. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other things, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. <clears throat> because the goal will serve to organize and measure the best of our energies and skills. Because that challenge is one we are willing to accept, one we are unwilling to postpone, and one which we intend to win. Now, your personal goals and ambitions are worthy of such determination and focus, surely. Now, the Apollo missions aren't just a good example of a big dream, but also of something we can call modular management. Each step towards that big goal was actually a series of smaller steps, each one building on the previous one to achieve the end result. So the question for you here is, where am I now and how do I get from my present to my future? In our Apollo example, different agencies, researchers and technologies came together to, to find and solve the problems. Now, of course, you may only work with yourself, but you can still explore the skill sets that you have and those you need to develop to get you to where you want to go. All successful people are big dreamers. They imagine what their future could be. They imagine it ideal in every respect, and then they work every day towards their distant vision, that goal or that purpose. Brian Tracy. Clear thinking. Once you have a defined destination, you need to get there. Making progress means creating some very specific plans. Breaking your bigger dream into actionable steps is about deciding on where your time needs to be focused. Make a list of tasks. These are the steps you need to take in order to move forward. Ask yourself, which of these tasks are about achieving your goal? In fact, which of these tasks, if not completed, will not launch your own rocket? These goal-oriented tasks most times will sit alongside other tasks that daily life throws at you. The result is that your daily task list will have a shifting set of priorities. Now, some of my coaching clients say that setting priorities is something they find very difficult. So I came across a useful way to think about this process. I believe it does come from Meet the Frog by Brian Tracy. You take your list of daily tasks, and in fact, you do this for the whole of your tasks with your goals. And then you think about the consequence of not doing that task. And you code each as either A, B, C, or D. So if you have a task that you mark A, it indicates something that must be done. A task that you mark B is something that should be done. A task that you mark C is something that would be nice to do. A task that you mark D is something that you could delegate to a different person or a different time. And E is something you can eliminate without bothering about. So with a healthy degree of self-honesty, you can quickly create a working list of priorities. Notice we're not eliminating the nice things, but we are choosing to see them from within a framework of the bigger picture 
and that that bigger picture is our defined goals for success. Your daily routine will need to have a balance of these tasks, but be weighted to those things which move you forward. People who are not planning to be successful tend not to be so because they do not fully value the time they have. So planning such as this really reminds us of the value of journals and to-do lists. And now I have an issue with to-do lists. And that issue is they stay as lists and they not form part of your daily actions. Moreover, having several different to-do lists is perhaps the slippery slope to chaos. One of my clients recently uh, insisted that he was very organized in both his personal and working life. He used to-do lists, one for work, one for home, and one for his goal of being a better writer. Despite this, he was constantly late in filing reports for work, falling short of his own writing targets, and admitted that he was suffering from overload. Too many lists. Keep all your daily task lists in one place and make planning decisions based on everything you need to do. Now I'm not going to go into details here, but I found the following to be useful. Bullet journaling. It's great for getting to grips with planning. A goal, targets and dream journal that contains notes, inspirations and vision board star mind maps. And then a journal listing the tasks that you've accomplished every day. For me, this is my pat on the back journal. Now, all of these could be in one book. I just happen to have three. Now, as I like my apps, I have found the following really useful. Day one is a flexible journal app where you can create multiple journals on your laptop and on your phone. And any.do is a useful list and day planner. Now, there are other list and day planners available, but this one for me works because it allows me to create a, a list of tasks I need to do for as far into the future as I need to do them. It then allows me to put, prioritize them, to label them, and it's got a really interesting feature of being able to schedule my day and pr produces a calendar with scheduled tasks in that day. I'm also a coach on the Coach Me platform, and I found the daily routine sign-in function really motivational. In my office at the start of the year, my partner and I printed off several posters to put over our desks and in other places. The poster reads, time is a precious gift. Don't waste it. So how much time do you spend in tasks that are peripheral to your goal, to your defined purpose? The ability to manage time and distractions is a key life skill. So here are some distraction killers that I use. Notifications on my phone and laptop are turned off while I work. In fact, they're turned off permanently. My desktop screen has only two folders on it containing current work. My phone home screen has no apps and a message that says, do you really need me now? I have a notepad near me at all times, so when I get a thought about something unrelated to what I'm doing, I write it down. My mind can then let it go. I use the Pomodoro method to keep me focused. I spoke about this on my previous podcast. I do only one thing at a time. When that's completed, I tick it off my list, take a break before starting the next task. I set a clear intention before starting each task. This may be related to the amount of time I want to write, the time I want to spend before a break, and how I will know when and if I've made progress. 
I have a number of daily routines which now bookend my day. I will check my emails once in the morning and once in the afternoon. During each check, I will decide if I can deal with that thing now, because it only takes two minutes or so, whether I need to snooze or boomerang it, or whether I can just dump it. I use Gmail, and I find the snooze function really useful. That means that when I press it, it will come back either later in the day or later in the evening, or even the next day or the next week. So it never vanishes, it just is always presented at a time that is suitable to me. I also use something called Sorted, which is a Chrome extension, and it does a great job of allowing me to see my emails in a Kanban-style layout. Gmail also has a fantastic canned message feature, and it comes into its own when I need to get the same, when I get the same questions from different people, I just send them a canned response. Effective use of email actually saves you time, and I think we should aim for what's known as Inbox Zero, which means that when you open your email screen, it is blank, uh, or it ends up blank when you finish reading your emails. I spoke about this in the previous podcast. Um, if I need to scan my social media, I can do it quickly as part of my morning routine, making sure I don't fall into that interweb pit of distraction. And I schedule specific tasks and posts as part of a daily plan. Again, I found Buffer, TweetDeck and ContentCal useful in this regards. Remember, as Brian Tracy says, there is never enough time to do everything, but there's always enough time to do the thing that is the most important. All of this only works if I've set some very clear short-term, medium-term and long-term goals. The smarter goal-setting framework is directly linked to the questions mentioned in the making a plan section. For clarity, this goal-setting framework, the smarter framework, stands for a simple statement of what you want to achieve. A statement that is measurable in sense of knowing when you have achieved your goal. It's achievable in the sense of knowing where you are now and where you need to be. Rewarding is a set of statements about what you will get out of achieving it. Time is about each step being linked to meaningful sets of dates. Uh, E is about a consideration of the effects, pros and cons of working towards the goal and are reviewed not only in terms of revisiting plans, but also about the choices achieving your goal brings. Nothing new, but worthy of a timely reminder. And as some may notice, there are variations in the keywords within my SMARTER acronym. Now, as an NLP practitioner, I would also encourage my clients who are setting goals to use the SHIFT framework, S-H-F-T, to create empowering internal representations of the goal. Basing their awareness on a creating an imagined future perfect, that is, the success of achieving the goal, I get them to consider the following questions. Now I have achieved this goal, what do I see? How do I look? What can I see around me? How am I behaving? How are other people behaving towards me? Now I've achieved this goal, what can I hear? What words do I use to describe my achievement? What are others saying about me? Now I've achieved this goal, what do I feel? What are my feelings about this achievement and the feelings about myself? How has my self-esteem or self-image changed? And finally, think. What is my self-talk? 
What words does my inner dialogue use to describe me? That's the voice of self-criticism or self-praise. And very often, our inner voice is one of self-criticism. When you achieve the goal, you can imagine it praising you. A goal stated from the point of view of having achieved it and described in sensory-based language can be very motivational. And in NLP terms, it's known as a well-formed outcome. As Tony Robbins says, goals are dreams with deadlines. So getting organized for success isn't just about dreaming of success, but committing to it. It's about owning it. If we look at successful people, we find that they have created some daily habits and routines that work for them. Now, whilst I believe in routines, I also believe that it's not the case that one size fits all. The challenge in many self-help books is that they imply that by doing A followed by B followed by C, you will copy the success of the author or those they have studied. And this may not be the case. The challenge is that when you do the work suggested in the books and you do not succeed, those same authors may simply say that you've not worked hard enough. Success is far more personal than that. It's not about positive thinking or positive actions. It is about considered and consistent application of a clear strategy. The nuts and bolts of that strategy are what works for the individual in the context of their lives. And this is where having a coach or a mentor can be so very, very valuable. So do the techniques I've just described uh, work? Well, in terms of my personal productivity, yes. This is not a boast. This is just to put it into context. But between 2015 and 2018, I have written 30 200-page books for courses, three 500-plus page textbooks, three anthologies of poetry, five non-fiction books, one being an Amazon bestseller on Kindle, six episodes of a pilot for a radio play, six formally accredited training courses, two stage shows, as well as running workshops, training sessions and attending festivals within the UK, all whilst running my own coaching business. This has got less to do with ability or talent, more to do with creating a range of short, medium and long-term goals backed by strategy and hard work. If you'd like to read a transcript of what I've written, you can find it on medium.com, which is where I start to publish loads of things. Medium.com, and you'd search for at Alan Jones UK. If not, drop me an email, and I'll send you the link. Thanks for listening. See you next time.